Well, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone, and it's so great to see all of you here on site. And for those of you who are joining us online, welcome. I'm excited we begin a three-week sermon series on the book of Jonah. And the way it's going to be is we're going to do chapter 1 today, chapter 3 next week, and then chapter 4 on on the 29th of August. So I pray that you'll be blessed by the message that's going to be bringing out today. Uh, Today I'm going to go again as chapter 1, and I'm going to go into more of presenting it in three different ways of the, the good, the bad, and, uh, and the ugly. And I'm not talking about the clean Eastwood type of movie, okay? Uh, so just, I'm, I'm going to go right into it. And when we, I'm going to invite you to open up to the book of Jonah, chapter 1. Now, if you don't have your Bible, the words will be up on the screen also. I'm reading from the NLT version. And so the words, if you have a different translation, the words may be different, but I pray that you follow along. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop intermittently within this um, uh, chapter so that way I can share a little more information in the midst of the verses. So we begin with verse 1, when it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, uh, Get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Let me pause there. So we begin with the good. The good news in the beginning of this story is that we hear that Jonah hears from God. Prophets of the Old Testament were the Bible that people were able to hear. Not like we, like right now we have the word of God in our hands and capable of our, in our devices. But in the Old Testament, the prophets were the Bible. God will share with them the message that they want, that he wanted them to share with the people. So in this case, it is Jonah. Uh, Jonah received the word from God and what the instructions of what he needed to do. And Jonah's responsibility is to deliver that message to the people of Nineveh. Now, unlike the other Old Testament prophets uh, that God had called, Jonah was not to speak unto the Israelites, but rather he was to speak to the enemies. And Jonah was not too happy with that. He wasn't thrilled. Let's see on verse 3. Verse 3 says, But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now let me pause there for a moment. Here we already heard that Jonah had received word from God to go to Nineveh in one direction. And then what does Jonah do as the, as the prophet, the one that's supposed to be delivering the message? He goes in the opposite direction the Bible is telling us. It says that he went to Joppa, and there's a little map on here. Joppa is more the modern day of a, a section of Tel Aviv. And then Nineveh was in the modern day Iraq, which is 500 and like northwest from where he was. So that is what needed to happen. However, he went in the opposite direction to Tarshish, which is the modern-day Spain, which is about 2,500 miles away. So that's how bad Jonah wanted to get away from the Lord, that almost more four times a distance from where he needed to go, he went the opposite direction. So let's continue on with verse 4. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for the lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. 
But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused and, and caused a terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why was this awful storm, uh, excuse me, why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Can you imagine how scared they were and panicked panic they were as soon as they put those lots out and identified Lot, excuse me, identified Jonah? But here in verse 9, Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it, they groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop this storm? We read, ladies and gentlemen, that this storm gets worse. And the captain of the ship is not going to let this passenger, you know, sleeping. He wakes him up and tells him to pray to his God for relief from the storm. But I want you to notice something, if you missed it. Jonah does not pray. Several weeks ago, we spoke about how Moses, Gideon, and Jeremiah resisted God's call. But Jonah does more than resist. He disobeys. Jonah did not immediately face the consequences of his disobedience. And in fact, he gets off on a good start. He safely travels to Joppa. There is a ship he's headed, that's headed in the right direction. There is space in the ship, and so he has his ticket, his fare. The ship is underway. Everything is falling into place. Now, Jonah disobeys, and God seems like doesn't say a word at that time. And maybe it's a possibility that Jonah thinks that he has succeeded in escaping God. But God uses nature instead of words to respond to Jonah's disobedience. And that's where we come to the side of the bad. God hurls a wind which causes a storm, which threatens to break the ship apart. Everyone on board panics, except Jonah. It's interesting. How many of us know that when we are the reason that something is not going our way or causing others to go through trials, that we are not surprised? Jonah is below deck, sound asleep. No remorse, no second thoughts. Maybe, just maybe, if he ignores it, God will just go away. Now, how many of us are intentional about ignoring the signs God is sending us because we are either comfortable with where we are, what we are doing, don't want to change, and or don't want to do what God has put in our hearts to accomplish? Maybe, just maybe, God will just go away if we ignore it. 
and that it, it is whatever it is that will bring glory to God. Sometimes we intentionally ignore God's pull system. He's, he's calling us, he's pulling us to do something. Because we begin to focus and we ignore God's pulls system because we begin to focus on what's going to happen to us. What will people think of us? What will I lose? But what difference would it make if we instead think about how and what people will say and think about God and the potential relationship they will have with him because we are obedient to him? When you're God's voice in the world, you need to be obedient. Disobedience is not an option. The reality is that we, as God's sons and daughters, are God's voice in this world. And obedience is one of the important keys to the Christian walk and life. When we disobey, we are the ones who suffer the consequences. And at times, those same consequences also affect those who are closest to us. In the same way, Jonah's actions affected the sailors. Those sailors didn't know what else to do. They had already thrown their cargo overboard to lighten the load of the ship, had already prayed to their gods, and the last thing they did was cast lots, which pointed to Jonah, and their question was, what should we do to you to stop this storm? You know what? Jonah would rather die than obey. On verse 12, it says, to answer this question, Jonah said, throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Ladies and gentlemen, the sailors valued Jonah's life more than he did. They tried to row harder, you know, against that storm to get to land, but of course it grew, and they couldn't do that. When they realize that it is hopeless, they decide to have no more options. They certainly didn't want to have in their minds that they had to kill somebody by throwing them overboard. They didn't want that in their conscience. But first they do what Jonah will not do. They pray to Jonah's God. Then they throw him overboard. 
and the storm stops. The awestruck sailors praised God and vowed to serve him. I want you to notice two things here, that the sailors took no credit for the, for the storm calming down. And they started to worship the God of Jonah. The pagan's behavior stands in sharp contrast to the prophet's own behavior. Jonah tried to escape God by fleeing, sleeping, and presumably dying. None of it worked. Why? Because you can't escape God. God's will would be done. He saved Jonah's life, but he didn't make it comfortable. <laughs> On verse 17, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. That's where we get to the ugly. Can you imagine inside the belly of a big fish? Jonah suffers the consequences for his disobedience. Now, admittedly, this is extreme, right? Being swallowed up by a fish is a huge deal. In the scheme of things, it seems radical. However, God was teaching Jonah a lesson. God's lesson is that obedience is important. And Jonah, as much as you dislike or even hate the Ninevites, I love them and I need, and they need to hear about me. And you are my voice, whether you like it or not. You know, like Jonah, we can be God's voice his hands, his feet in the world. And like Jonah, we suffer the consequences for our disobedience. It's likely that God will not tell you to become a pastor or to go to Iraq, you know, the modern-day Nineveh. But God may be putting something in your heart to go somewhere that you never thought you'd go. Earlier today, you saw uh, pictures that Pastor Gill has shared when they went to Sturgis to minister to people. There are some people who would say, there's no way I'm going over there. Or God may be putting something in your heart to talk to someone and ask for forgiveness. And that's when you go, it's like, nope, I'm going in the opposite direction. There's no way I'm going to go over there and ask forgiveness, especially when I know I'm right. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean. When God puts something in our hearts, even the simplest things, it's not about traveling every, everywhere because of an area that you may not know about or is dangerous, but it is sometimes the simplest things that we make it out and we go in the opposite direction. As I mentioned, going to someone and asking for forgiveness. And because we are like modern-day Jonas, we may be intentional about doing all that we can to go in the opposite direction from where God is telling us to go and do or say. You see, we may not hear God's audible voice. But we can try to get very excited when we read a passage of Scripture and the Word speaks to our hearts. 
It is a great way of knowing that the Lord is still speaking to his people today. But one thing I must say is that you must not do what you must not do is come up with your own ideas and your own motives of what you think God is telling you when it certainly does not represent who God truly is. We must pray. We must read the word of God. And I encourage you to pray again. Then take that first step. Sometimes Christians are afraid to even take that first step because they're wondering, is it really God that's telling me to do this? If it lines up with the word of God and you start taking that step, and for those of you who may be, you know, uh, hesitant to making even that first step, look at Jonah's experience. He messed up, he disobeyed. Yet God forgave him and gave him a second chance. And sometimes that's what we need in our, where we feel that we need in our lives. God, I have messed up. And I tell you what, if you're honest with yourself, you know that God has not only given you a second chance, he's given you a third chance, he's given you a tenth chance, he's given you a hundred chances. Because he wants to, he loves you and he wants the best for you that we can come before his presence and ask for forgiveness to repent of the wrong that we have done. Before I finish today, I want to make sure you understand the importance of prayer. Chapter 2 in this book deals with prayer. Now, I won't read the whole thing, but talking about, again, messing up. And then doing this part is to ask for forgiveness, like Jonah did. And it had to be in the belly of a great fish for him to realize. So in verse 2, and I'm going to drop down to verse 9 and 10. Verse 2 of chapter 2, it says, He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. So ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are in your troubles, think about Jonah, where he was, and that he was praying, and that the Lord answered him. I called to you from the land of the dead, and you, Lord, you heard me. Dropping down to verse 9, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will for, uh, fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Throughout this series, we're not going to be doing that chapter 2, but so my encouragement to you sometime this week is to go ahead and to read that chapter 2, to really go verse by verse and hear the prayer that Jonah did, and let it, if you need it to be your own prayer, and then maybe that, that prayer of, that you hear in Jonah can be your, your, you come up with your own prayer of knowing the troubles that you have been through, the disobedience, the sins that you have committed to go before the presence of God. And let me say this. One of the characters I really in, uh, relate to in the Bible is Jonah. I remember feeling in my heart the call to be to minister, to be a pastor. I didn't want it. Many of you already know that becoming a pastor was not in my beginning, middle, or at the end of what profession I like to do in my life list. 
why my dad was a pastor. I saw what he had to go through, and I didn't want anything to do with it. Figured if God is a giving God, then he can give me anything. Just don't give me the responsibility of becoming a pastor. But I knew that I knew that I knew that God had placed a call in my life. So instead of responding to that call when I received it, I joined the military. I want to be able to get away from the Lord as far as possible, hoping to escape from Him. Well, as you can see, serving as your pastor, what does that tell you? <laughs> what does that tell you about my plans? Ha ha ha. It's like the Lord laughing, ha, 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 you have those plans, but I have greater things for you that you don't even know about. If God is placing something in your heart and you know that without a doubt it is God, then trust that he will provide a way and the doors will start opening for you to accomplish what he said he's going to do. Let us not be modern-day Jonas. Let's do what God is leading us to do, to be the hands, the feet, the voice of Jesus while having the privilege of serving as his body, the church. Let us pray. Dear God of heaven, who made the sea and the land, you use prophets to be your spokesperson. We know you continue to work in us as Christ's body as we use our hands and feet to do good in a hurting world. There are areas or areas or people you want us to go to minister to, but like Jonah, we sometimes have gone the opposite direction. We sometimes make things about us. Today's message is a reminder that what we say and what we do go hand in hand to bring you honor and glory. So therefore, God, we ask for forgiveness. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm going to ask you to please stand, and we're going to close out with this service today with the next song.